0: Hi, my name is Eric Chase, afternoon host on Q105 here in Toledo for Cumulus Media Toledo, and also your host for 68 Words. We've another great episode with you with an incredible guest talking about disability. In fact, her position is brand new to the city of Toledo. She's the disability manager for the city and just in this role for a few months. Her name is Valerie Fatika. Growing up,
1: 90% of the problems I had being disabled was people's perception. Ten percent was physical inaccessibility, things like that. Ninety percent was people's perception. So the the discomfort, the the. Lowered expectations, that just not understanding that we're, we're real people, just like everybody else. Changing that perception is important. People, places, and spaces doing disability differently, sharing first hand experience in our podcast. Inspired by the 68 words that sparked the disability rights movement, learn where it started and what's next. Hi, my name is Stuart James, and I'm the executive director here at the Ability Center, and welcome to 68 words.
0: Welcome to the latest edition of 68 Words. This morning, we're going to welcome in from uh, the city of Toledo, Valerie Fatika. Valerie, welcome. Thanks for taking some time. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we get to your position, which is new to the city of Toledo, and that's the disability manager, I like to ask everybody, uh, first things first, what is your disability and do you, do you view it as such?
1: Yeah, so I was born with sacral agenesis, it basically means the bottom of my spine didn't form. So below that part, there's uh, impairment there. And I'm also subsequent to that, I became a double amputee by choice for mobility reasons and whatnot so that's uh, my lifelong disability and yeah I see myself as disabled I'm obviously different than people who are able-bodied and uh, it's it's it took a long time but I'm comfortable with that it's part of who I am
0: talk about uh, the taking a long time part uh, I'm a mental health advocate uh, Stuart here would say that that's an invisible disability sometimes I agree with them sometimes I don't my life is certainly impaired at times by my brain what were some of the mental health? stressors that came along with with adjusting to your disability
1: sure well as a kid you know I grew up uh, in Perrysburg and I was the only kid in a wheelchair in school and my brothers are all able-bodied and it was just being different you know kids don't really understand um, what that is and how to treat people uh, with disabilities so Just the struggle of being different than everyone else, you know, a lot of times kids as you're growing up You try to stand out you try to be uh, somebody who is is unique or whatever. I never wanted that I just wanted to be like everybody else. So the the perception people had of me, you know I was real shy when I was kid. I was you know, just struggling with how to be disabled in this world a world that's not built for someone like me yeah so it was um it was tough like i said i was shy and being shy compounds that issue you know and wasn't was difficult to really put myself out there so it took a long time probably to my uh even early 20s to really be like this is who i am and i'm comfortable with that and i'm proud of who i am
0: if it makes you feel any better i think that's the case for for almost anybody i would say my light went on when i was like 26 and uh it's it's interesting when we did our first episode with uh with perry who was a pharmacist at ut um She said it not in more than so many words as you just kind of did kids are cruel (laughs) Um, And that's why I think we do think differently and I think I think parents seem to be doing a better job of explaining Differences in kids whether it's a disability or something else And hopefully parents teaching their kids to treat those kids better than maybe we treated kids as we were growing up
1: Sure, and a lot of times frankly, it's not really the kids I mean kids are curious sure as an adult kids come up to me all the time and I get it. They they don't understand understand it so they're staring and they will come sometimes they come up and ask questions which I think is great Sure, because then they get to interact with someone with a, with a disability and just uh, two weeks ago I took my nephews to imagination station and there was a little girl who came up and she was staring at my legs and she had some questions like why what happened what are you like that so we were having a conversation and everything was going well and she started to become more comfortable with me well then her parent or guardian came up and said a couple things and then she said, well, you're, she said to her daughter, whoever, well, you're fortunate you have two legs. And that kind of changed the dynamic a little bit. Like we were doing great. We were understanding each other. And now it was like, you're more fortunate than this poor person with a disability, Right. which kind of ruined it. Mm -hmm. So kids, you know, I think, and we are doing better as a society, but kids are in that stage where interacting with a person with a disability is the best thing for them to, you know, be cool with it as they age and grow older.
0: That's why we do the DAEs here, and that was part of the Think Differently initiative to get people to experience uh, what it's like, what, what you just talked about. I love the story that that Stewart tells um, about some of his daughter's friends. They, they looked at his wheelchair, they looked at him a little bit differently, he let them play with it, and then, as many things with kids, after three minutes, they got bored with it, they understood it, and they moved on and everything was normal as is. Right, right. Um, What was, uh, what took you down the path? If I if I Google Valerie Fatica in mm-hmm. Toledo, I get to see that you are quite a distinguished lawyer as well and a proud UT alum. Mm-hmm. Uh, what led you down that path when you were in your maybe teens or 20s and decided what you wanted, like all of us, what you wanted to be when you grow up?
1: Sure, yeah. So uh, in school, I was always good at more of like the reading and writing and history History and government kinds of things. I was not good at math, um, so and I always knew that you know because I have a physical disability, I would have to rely on my brain. I couldn't. Times got tough. I'm, I'm not going to be able to wait tables to get on my feet. So higher education was something that I knew was going to be a good choice for me. Um, so I majored actually in political science and Spanish. Um, and when you get higher up in political science, you narrow and narrow and narrow your focus. Well, I didn't wanna do that. I had a lot of interests and things. So I thought, well, maybe I'll go to law school. <laughs> and um, it, was, it was something that I liked practicing law a lot. I did it for 14 years and ended up being a good choice. And I was able to you know build a life and a career practicing law.
0: Um, what, was there anything between uh, your practice and your position now?
1: So, no, in fact, it was, so I, I, while I was doing my practice, I, this job came up and I saw and I thought, what a great fit, I'll give it a shot, but, because I'm real uh, realistic and I, I don't uh, maybe I don't have confidence in myself I don't know but I was like all right I'm probably not gonna get it you know so I uh, didn't put my law practice on hold I still got to make money sure. so then I got the job and then I had to wrap up a law practice and a solo practice I couldn't just dump clients on anyone so I tried to match my clients with other attorneys and just do all that wrapping up. It's wrapping up a bit of business that I have for 14 years. So that was pretty stressful, and I was hoping to have some time between my law practice and this job, but that didn't really end up happening.
0: We'll, uh, we'll move on quickly here in a moment to you being the new disability manager at the city of Toledo. What what type of lawyer were you? What, what did you specialize in?
1: So when I got out, I graduated law school in 2008, so late 2008. And if you remember what 2009 was like.
0: The recession. Yeah.
1: So I... Didn't have a job out of law school, which was real tough. So I moved back home with my parents and started learning how to practice law. Because unfortunately, law school a lot of times doesn't teach you how to practice law. So I started doing some pro bono work with the Toledo Bar Association. And Toledo's a great place to practice law. So other attorneys were able to help guide me and give me advice. So I started doing a lot of family law. So divorce, custody, child support, also a lot of uh, civil protection orders for domestic violence survivors. Um, so I started out doing that, built up on that. It's obviously, it's very needed in the community. Sure. And then I started, um, about seven or eight years ago, I started doing, uh, found somebody, co-counsel who did Title 388 litigation. So that's in federal court and it's public accommodations. So if there is you know, a hotel, restaurant, whatever, that is inaccessible, our clients would You know, they experience these barriers. They file a lawsuit, and we represent them in getting that injunctive relief to getting that place accessible.
0: Um, Do you miss? Do you miss it? Any aspects of it?
1: Sure. So I miss. I had great colleagues. I miss my colleagues and being able to when you're representing clients. Well, family law, nobody's ever like super happy coming out of a divorce, so I get that. But those small victories and representing survivors and stuff, being able to solve real world problems for people on your own basically when you're a solo practitioner, that's rewarding. And I met a lot of great people. Um, I mean, some of my clients I miss and they were very, uh, it's just, it was interesting. I like going out to court, meeting people, all that kind of stuff. That was exciting and, and it was a rewarding career
0: uh you saw a posting like many uh, of the rest of us looking for jobs and whatnot uh city uh, disability manager for the city and and you went after it and here we are
1: yeah basically i saw the job they wanted somebody with a jd and it was you know i've always been um i've lived in this community basically my whole life except for college so uh, i knew i had the background knowledge and disability knowledge and i thought it, it it'd be a great fit and you know as a solo practitioner i didn't have i bought my own health insurance and i never had paid time off and that stuff so the private practice thing was getting a little old for me running my own business so i thought well what a great transition and it is
0: um was there anything about the job so i remember um Within the last five years, I know we threw some verbiage out there, and it might have come from the city, that we wanted to make Toledo the most uh, disability-friendly city in the country or the most accessible city in the country. And part of this initiative is to continue that vision. Was there anything when you read the... Uh, about the job opening and and thought about the position that this was maybe they just check a box on a vision that would go by the wayside?
1: So every city with 50 or more employees or whatever has to have a Title II ADA coordinator. And that's somebody who, you know, you deal with grievances and accommodations things like that that's the minimal and usually they'll slap that title on somebody in hr or Mm. sometimes an administrative assistant or whatever just to meet that requirement so when i read this job description it was okay yeah you're the title 288 coordinator but it did go above and beyond that really promoting programs creating programs and being that disability lens on everything in the city to make sure that we're inclusive, accessible, whatnot. So I, my job isn't, you know, it's it's just me, but I can't really do anything on my own. I have to get all these other city department buy-ins and get them to include me and really get them to, when I call and say, hey, here's a great idea, can you get on board uh, I need them to be receptive of that, and it's been a largely positive experience.
0: Going into the position before you even thought about this, when when you were still the counsel, the, the attorney, yeah. um, what letter grade or number grade would you have given where we are uh, on the accessibility scale?
1: Um, it, it, okay, it was pretty low. Okay, I'll say that. Um, And not just the city, but the community. And I've seen a lot of positive changes in the last two years with this initiative. And, you know, obviously, once I got my position, you see how the sausage is made. Mm -hmm. So um, we got a lot of work to do. But this administrative is very supportive of both the position and the initiative and what we're trying to do here. So like I said, I've been getting a lot of positive reception and we've been making some Uh, good changes already. I've been there since June 10th I started. So we're already see some progress and I'm again I'm pretty realistic so I'm pleasantly surprised about uh, the support I've gotten at the city.
0: What are some of those things that you've been able to accomplish in in a very short period of time?
1: Sure so you may have seen um, we did some media campaign because a lot of times okay there's accessible things out there and people things for people with disabilities out there but if you don't know about it it doesn't work. So we did, um, the city did media for um, these uh, deaf and hard of hearing communication cards so that the, the city put um, every uh, marked police car has one of these communication cards in it so we can communicate with people who are deaf or hard of hearing in a traffic stop. So you point to some things on that. Um, that's something, it wasn't developed by us, but we weren't utilizing it that was pushed forward. We are now an employer partner with the Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities. So our jobs are on their website and their um, participants can come to know that we are inclusive and want employees with disabilities. That's coming there. We're doing something uh, with them regarding our college internship program as well. Um, internally, just doing some, changing some policies, making sure that our employees are taken care of for whatever they need to accommodate to to get the job done, we wanna be not just able to accommodate them, but also supportive of that. It shouldn't be, oh, this girl came in, she wants this. No, it should be, what can we do to support our employees with disabilities?
0: The police card thing is a pretty recent story. I don't know if the other stuff had made the news as as that did, but I know that that was a a news story on the local news channels not that long ago, right? Right. Um, What is, what is the the big vision the big trophy that you would like to achieve in your position
1: you know i just i really want us to be you know i want us to be an example internally the city we're government we can't do everything we don't have control over everything but i want us to be an example for everyone else so i want us to be uh hiring more people with disabilities i want our buildings to be completely accessible. I want all our programs never to be a question about whether it's accessible or not. I want people to feel comfortable engaging with the city, getting involved in our programs and everything so that it's not a question. You know, everyone with disabilities, at least, all right, I'll say myself, but I think a lot of people with disabilities, there's not a lot of spontaneity. You gotta plan things like, where am I going? How am I gonna get there? Is it accessible? If I go out and uh, there's a bar, a restaurant, I will scout out the restroom first to know, you know, am I going to be able to have a drink or not? You know, those kinds of things. You got to pre-plan. You got to figure out what you're doing. So I don't want there to be any question for somebody engaging with the city. And you know, our it's always a a big struggle. Our routes, our sidewalks, curb cuts, everything. That's a huge thing. But I, I want us to get better and if i could just snap my fingers and make all those routes accessible then you wouldn't see people with mobility scooters run down the middle of the road
0: i know just uh within the last handful of weeks uh a- point that i wanted to share on my radio show was since people really like the scooters is to not leave them laying down because they can become an issue for people who have a hard time getting around
1: yeah that's an issue um you're supposed to have 36 inches width for for people with mobility issues to get through so please don't leave them in the middle of the sidewalks um apparently there are incentives to park them in the right required place but yeah that's that's been an issue and i hope people are more uh, cognizant of that and, and use those safely.
0: You mentioned scouting places out. If I may find a way to, to empathize or, or sympathize as someone who is very much an introvert and whatnot. Um, and I know there are a lot of people with, uh, w- with issues like mine. Uh, we do much the same thing. Mm. Uh, where is, the, where is the, the escape route? When and if things get a little bit busy? Yeah. I kind of had to uh, talk myself into uh, making sure I did a good job for work this weekend at Jeep Fest. Mm. Mm -hmm. as opposed to the normal terror and fright of tens and tens of thousands of people at a very successful event um just remind myself going into it uh, i'm gonna see people that i like i'm gonna see people that haven't seen me in a long time and that's good for them so i can totally relate to even though yours is physical mine is is mental and emotional the scouting the scouting of places out maybe even needing to compromise with friends yep and you know um we know that uh, our true friends are the ones that will make those compromises for us what is uh I've done the same thing the major my entire adult life so I love asking people like little minutia about their work especially mm-hmm. you still kind of learning your job yeah what does Valerie's day look like and when I say what does your day look like I'm not necessarily talking about like meetings or lunchtime or an email that could have been a meeting or whatever yeah like what time do you wake up what, what gets you out of bed in the morning yeah. what's a quirk of your morning routine yeah.
1: so I really enjoy sleep I'm not a morning person <laughs> So I am a night shower. Okay. So when I get up in the morning, and I never, I'm not, I don't have to set five alarms or anything like that. Good. When the alarm wakes, I'm up. You're up. But it's at the exact time where I know exactly how much time I need to get ready to go to work. So I, I'm, I'm at a half hour to get ready. Okay. And uh if the dog's not there it's a little less so do that got time to drive to work obviously in the winter it's a little build in a little bit more time for you know mobility issues and you know getting everything ready for that but um, so I do that and go to work um, have the whole day I I'm kind of involved in a lot of boards and community things so usually after work I might have a meeting or something like that so I try to do that and unfortunately lately I've been so busy that I go in spurts so sometimes I'm really good about cooking at home you know I saving money eating healthy whatever but I mean sometimes it's like energy or just time I don't have time it takes me a little longer to do things sometimes sure so I get a little lazy and I'll you know eat some takeout or something like that from where um Well, I like, I live in South Toledo. There's that Thai place, Tasty Thai. Delicious. She, she's super fast, too. Yes. You go in, it's one lady. She's there. She cooks it 10 minutes. You're ready. Go
0: and, out the door. And the hot is hot. Yeah. Do, do not try to be too bold because right. it will get, I love that place so much. Yeah,
1: we do that. I also like Star of India, speaking of hot. Okay you know yeah
0: there's a story tandoori oh wait a second usually we get to the food things that are really super controversial controversial at the end of the podcast but what's the story about star of india it's not
1: controversial. first of all i i love them the family is so sweet but i remember my I, i took my boyfriend there and couple times you know and uh the, the last time we went he's like you know i got medium last time it wasn't that spicy i'm gonna go <laughs> hot whatever and so we, he starts eating and he's like wow this is really hot and then you know he starts sweating and drinking full glasses of water and the, the sweet owner comes by and she's like oh is it too hot i'm sure she noticed him sweating but that's how he ordered it, so he's not right. going to be a jerk. And he was like, Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. But he's dripping sweat and drinking three glasses of water. But you get what you ordered.
0: When I say controversial, I mean people who are unwilling to answer questions about their favorite pizza place because oh. they don't want to offend other places.
1: No, I mean, I'll tell you what I like. I'm not going to badmouth anybody.
0: But. Like, there's probably right now wanting to throw something at Valerie and has big city issues because you didn't say t- Tandoori instead of Star of India.
1: Well, they can deal
0: with it. <laughs> um, there was a there was a big headline there in in big neon lights. Can you tell me about your dog, please? And why you only have the dog some of the time?
1: Oh, well, if if I go away for the weekend or something, my mom watches the dog in Perrysburg. Tell us
0: about the dog. The real star here. uh, Yeah,
1: right. I have a papillon. She is, she'll be 12 next Mm. week. So I actually got her um, when I got out of law school, where right, I moved back in with my parents, it was it was a tough time in my life, because sure. it's like, everyone's like, when do you get a job? What's the job thing like? And I wasn't getting a job. So that was tough, and I felt like I always wanted a dog, and I had some time, and I needed something to care for, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was, she came at a a time that was really helpful and she's been with me for 12 years.
0: A Papillon? Yeah. I'm unfamiliar.
1: So it's a, (laughs) I can show you a picture, but it's a little, it's a little 10 pound dog with uh, big ears, so, and it's symmetrical. So it's like a butterfly. Papillon's a French word for butterfly. Okay. So she's got the big ears, little furry dog. Uh, It's a toy breed, but they're active. They do the agility stuff. We watch Papillon's on agility; they're real active.
0: So. Um, twelve. You caught my attention again because my dog is about 12 and a half yeah. and my other one's nine and a half. And and I, there's not many things where I'm actively grateful for every single minute of the day, and them aging well, healthy, yes. and energetically is is well. Um, is uh, is she in good health and good, good shape? Luckily,
1: right now, yes, yeah, she good. is in good health. She's got, a, I think, some cataracts, but I feel like almost all dogs get that. But yeah, she's good, and thank God. And those little, the little dogs live for a long time so i'm hoping i got a few more good years with her but yeah it's tough when the dogs age and things start going wrong and mm-hmm. you know you can't, they can't tell you what they need and i yeah.
0: do i do like to think that my dogs have aged in a healthy way because I mean, I, I have dark days, but the days will be true. There might be weeks of darkness when I lose my dog, yeah. um, just because they have always been a part of my life. A, a super fast story was when I had moved back out to Detroit back in 2012, hmm. I was a pretty broken person due to work. Hmm. Uh, and my dad had said to me, maybe, maybe you miss having a dog around. I had left mine back in, in Pennsylvania. And like any kid and any kid can, anyone who has parents can recognize this. I told my dad that that was a ridiculous idea and I can't take care of myself, let alone a dog. Yeah, yeah. A week later, I had adopted my dog, Diddy, and thought it was the greatest idea ever. my dad, under his breath, said, told yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, let's get into serious stuff. At what point do they give you the test about having to spell capsicavage? I,
1: I have to copy and paste it every
0: do you time. Re- yeah, you and everybody else, yep. you and everybody else. You know, I'm trying. Um, you talked about if you could do everything at once. Mallory has one of these questions, so you kind of knew this was coming. And Mallory is our executive producer with an unlimited budget. What would be something that you could actually snap your fingers and get done no matter how pie in the sky?
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, all, all the routes and stuff and, and not just, you know, concrete, but the there are um, at intersections um, the, the visual and audio indicators for crossing the street you know it's more expensive to put those in but sure. i wish we had those at all our you know crosswalks and if i could snap my fingers and just prove all the routes then at least you know and this is among the things the city can control you know then at least people could safely get around mm-hmm. around town
0: um what's a current project that you're working on maybe something that's a smaller goal that uh, that you're working on on a daily basis or week to week
1: You know, we're doing some projects, some things hopefully coming up is um, hopefully enforcement, but also awareness of disabled parking abuse. So people who park in disabled parking spots without a placard or plate and people who park in the access aisles between them, Mm -hmm. it's a huge issue in Toledo. And before I even got to this position. My friends and I, pre-pandemic, like formed a little committee and we were going to bring it to the city's attention um, to try to increase enforcement. Then the pandemic happened. But it's just it's such a huge issue. And when you go somewhere and you you can't find a parking place that is safe uh, and accessible for you, you can't get in.
0: Can you because there are probably some people who don't know, explain why the spaces in between those spaces are usually have lines across them and right. why sh- why you shouldn't park there. Right,
1: so those are called access aisles. And there's a few reasons why uh, disabled parking spaces are designed that way. One, they're supposed to be on the closest accessible route. I'm, you can't see on the radio, but I am like three feet tall. If I go in front of a truck, you can't see anything you can't see me at all so it's it's safety um they're uh, they have they're marked so that other people don't park there, and they have these what you call the striped areas, the access aisles um, between them. Each space is supposed to have an access aisle, either on the right or the left, and that's so people with um, mobility devices, so wheelchairs, walkers. Sometimes it's a traditional ramp coming out of your van. Sometimes it's like mine. I have a little arm that gets my wheelchair out, um, or you have a, a, a walker, mobility scooter, or whatever. It's so you have enough room to not only get out of your vehicle, but then get off the ramp or whatever to get into the place. So if you park over those lines, or sometimes people just straight up park in those lines, like it's a parking space, I'm blocked in. I remember I've been at places where, um, like the bank or something, and somebody would park me in completely. And what I have to do is get out of my wheelchair, crawl into my car, Mm. turn up the car, back up, then get the lift down i mean that's crawling in a parking lot is extremely, extremely dangerous mm-hmm. so please 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 don't park in those access aisles and if you if you don't need the space if you don't have a placard or plate don't park there
0: i have a, a friend and i call her um, the edna of accessibility from the incredibles mm-hmm. have you seen it at all yeah edna what's edna's thing that people should not that her hero should not have
1: Oh, it's been years, I don't
0: know. No capes. Oh, yep. So I see you plugging along wherever you are and you see some illegal parking to what you just described and I see you you good going full and saying no parking. Yeah. And I
1: you know, it's and like like I said, I'm a little I'm I would not call myself an extrovert. So, I'm a little shy about approaching people, but I have said, you know, hey, you know, you're you're parked in a handicap spot and usually it's oh, I'm I'm just going to be in for a minute. Of course you are. But the thing is when somebody's driving through looking for a parking space and it's full, you're not going to wait around 20 minutes for that person to come back. Right. You're going to try to find someplace else that you can access the building. So that is not an excuse. I'm just running in. That's not an excuse.
0: When uh, I had my old uh, morning radio show on, on 92.5 The Morning Rush, it was 2015 or 2016 and you can probably imagine the, the kind of feisty topics there were on a on a, a pop culture lifestyle morning show. One of the testiest where we just let people rant at one another was, are you parking in these spots? And mm. the boldness of some of the people that called and said yes, and they wanted anonymity and then the people that called up to give them a tirade for doing just that it was it was a full-on civil war and and my my jaw hit the floor mostly because people would say that they were they were doing it and they they tried to, to rationalize the reason behind it
1: So, there in a lot of, I think some of it is not understanding why you need those spots. Like I said, you know, you need more room to get out. uh, And like I said, the shortest accessible route, some people have those spots because they can't walk very far, or it's difficult or painful for them to walk very far. And um, again, you don't realize that somebody who is with a walker or a wheelchair, if you have to park far away and you're going behind all those cars, it's very dangerous it's Mm -hmm. really a safety issue so try and think about that before you for convenience reasons park in one of those spots
0: what do you do for fun
1: um i uh i like adaptive sports. So on once a week I play wheelchair tennis. Um, we have a group in town called the Glass City Backspinners. So that's a great outlet. It's it's um, recreational, competitive, and uh, social. We have a good time and we have a good group going. Um, I'm also on the Toledo Walleye sled hockey team. Awesome. So um, that's a blast. It's just, it's you know, adaptive sports really equalize everything you know on the play field um and i again i'm a lawyer i'm competitive so and i didn't get to really do that in high school or college so being able to compete and be physical and i'm not somebody who's gonna discipline myself and go to the gym every day so having a sport really helps me keep uh in shape so i can you know be mobile as long as i can
0: one of the things i i heard you saying without saying it when you you some of the things you talked about Miss be- missing being a lawyer, I could hear you missed the wins and losses of it, which are, I guess, more week to week, month to month, year over year right. with, with city stuff. Yeah. Were you like that younger when you were a kid and a teen- teenager and that's what drew you to being a lawyer or did you kind of, Did that come out of you when you were a lawyer, realizing that wins and losses are a big deal and they they get my blood flowing? You
1: know, I think I was always competitive, you know, with my brothers and things like that, uh, playing games and just that was just something that I think was always in me. So uh, that did that translate to the legal thing? Yeah. But. You know, most of the lawyers in town, okay, we're gonna argue in court or whatever, but we can also go to lunch afterwards and stuff. So it was never, I'm gonna be a jerk to the opposing counsel or anything like that. I'm gonna, to, to, to advocate zealously for my client, but be respectful and everything else. And not, I, I even with games with my brothers when I was a kid, if, you che- if I cheat, I don't feel like I win. So never cheat, that's never gonna be uh, any part of me. Just play fair and try to win.
0: You're an avid reader?
1: Uh, Man, I was. I um, I haven't done much of it, but I remember in college, uh, one of my projects, I was a summer conference assistant at Kent State University, so we would have shifts that were like, 8 a.m. Or, or midnight to 4 a.m. 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. So I had a lot of time on my hands. So I started working through the the hundred greatest American novels and got pretty far in that. But yeah, I used to read a lot. Unfortunately, it's fell by the wayside a little bit.
0: All of us, I think, if many of us had the three wishes that were so often promised in memes, it would be: I wish I had another thirty minutes a day, and I would use it to read.
1: Yeah, yeah. What's I, the
0: most memorable uh, or impactful book you have ever read in your life? Ooh. First one that comes to mind, because that's the answer. I don't know, I can't tell you. All right, uh, uh, nonfiction or fiction? Oh, fiction. I like stories,
1: okay. I enjoy that. Um, sometimes the nonfiction gets a little dry. Sometimes it's interesting, I like history, but I enjoy a good fiction book.
0: What's your favorite part of history? Ooh. Yeah, talking about your job's easy, now comes yeah, the hard yeah. stuff.
1: I mean, I like World War II history. Okay. I think that's always really interesting.
0: Okay. Um, there's something on here about the mayor and his one liners, which I'm, I'm loosely familiar with, but uh, it's one of Mallory's questions. Do you know, do you have any favorite mayor one liners yet?
1: No, I just been on the job for two months, okay. so no.
0: <laughs> I'll make a note to our producer about that. Yeah, right. Your favorite dog park that you might hit?
1: Um. I used to. We used to go to the Glass City Dog Park, the men, membership one. Uh, she's a little older now, so I haven't been getting out there, but yeah, that's a good one.
0: What's your first job?
1: um i i guess i was an ra in college
0: an ra yep so were you the fun ra or the not so fun ra all right
1: so i did my job (laughs) but my whole thing was if you're not bothering anyone else i don't care what you do in your room keep it in there keep the as long as nobody complains and you're not bothering anyone i don't care
0: (laughs) um what is your favor- I know we did a couple of restaurants, but give me some other ones that you really like. Ooh,
1: I love Sidon. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, controversially, I think they have the best hummus in town. And, you know, there's a lot of places that have that.
0: Like, we're we talking like Beirut and places like that?
1: Yeah, best okay. hummus in town. I do love Beirut. That's, yeah. that's really solid. Um, let's see what else. Pizza? Pizza, you know, I'm not huge on pizza. I do like, um, as far as the, the, the local places... I like G&G. I think okay. they got a good pie, and I like uh, I put the gyro meat on the pie.
0: Okay, it's a good thing. Um, yeah. What's uh, you? Did you grow up in Perrysburg? Did I hear you say? Yeah, me? I did. Um, what what was your route to living in South Toledo?
1: So okay, so I um, went to UT Law and lived on the side of campus there, and then I moved to a little apartment off a of door street and saved money there. You know, lived in that apartment for a long time, Um, and then it was like, all right, I'm ready to buy a house. I had expenses, I had to adapt my vehicle and get a new wheelchair, that's a lot of money, so I saved up, did that, then I was like, all right, now I can start saving for a house. And you know, I looked in a few different neighborhoods, and really, I didn't have a lot of money to renovate a whole house. So I was looking at 50s ranches. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of those in town, and and this neighborhood I really liked. And um, the the structure of the house they had some had some good bones. So I was able to do cosmetic changes. Obviously, done with carpet, got rid of all the carpet. And my brothers luckily are very handy, so they built built some ramps to go in and. to get in it wasn't real high I didn't want one of those long winding ramps to get to the house Um, so just have a little one in garage and a threshold piece at the front so it was something that I was able to adapt pretty well for my needs
0: Um, I have found I'm kind of like a generally speaking i live in south toledo i like to say it's more southwest toledo i live behind um fridays and home depot on airports so i am a south toledo and by by geography or right, i suppose or yeah. by technicality uh south toledoans have a great amount of pride maybe the most pride pride of any part of toledo hmm. what is your south toledo pride
1: um, i i you know what i i love my neighborhood I, we got those nice mature trees the neighbors are all i mean they they look out for one another. They keep up their houses. I mean, it's just a, a great place to live. And we got, a, a, although our commercial area sometimes is not that great, um, we got some gems. I love, uh, we we're talking about restaurant. I love smoking Olive Deli on, on Detroit. Michelle's great. Yeah, it's a great place. And we got some gems there. And uh, it's just it's it's a nice place to live.
0: Uh, I just started going to Michelle's place, smoking olive, not that long ago. She makes a heck of a corned beef sandwich. Oh yeah. Um, she's always busy when I go in there, and I want to go run back behind the counter and help her. And yeah. if some of my other jobs ever go away, I will do that. Yeah. I can't guarantee I I won't eat all of her corned beef, mm. but still. Uh, Play twenty one right next to there are Are you a coffee person
1: i so i drink coffee like medicine because oh. i don't i wouldn't say i like it okay but i need a little jolt in the morning i like drinking something hot so i'll drink straight black coffee me too I don't want those extra calories
0: i have i'm the same as you and we're a different breed of person to most people yeah when it comes to black I coffee know, i have two last questions uh one um you can be a champion for many people in the city of Toledo. How and why and when and where should they connect with you so that you can help them?
1: So, um, again, you can always contact me. I want to be um, a resource in, in the center, co- connecting you know groups and people like that. So um, I mean, you can always email me, Valerie. at Toledo. Um, or call up the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. That's where I am. Um, I'm. I. You know what? Just feel free to reach out. Um, we get public requests for accommodations those come to me I will always help you with that that's we have a good place on our website to ask for those kinds of things Um, just don't be afraid to reach out Uh, obviously you know a lot of times we get requests complaints about public places and things that I have no control over it, but I want to connect you to resources that um, might be able to help you. And that's something that I feel as a public servant is very important.
0: Um, Since you brought that up, uh, I've gotten quite close to Jenny and her team at Engage Toledo. Mm -hmm. I found them to be a great resource as well. So whether they're going to reach out to them first or to you first.
1: And they submit to me. Good. For accessibility requests. So yeah, call Engage Toledo. They're always available, which is a great thing. Yeah. And then um, if it's an accessibility request, it, it, it's something that i have access to
0: don't ever uh you're learning this now and i need to be more forthcoming with my guests with this whenever i say i only have two more questions that usually means four that's it's it's eric chase time you mentioned about uh how to get in touch with you you're not much of a social media person are you
1: uh i'm on facebook and instagram but okay. i i lock it down i mean okay. it's just friends only i'm not you know i don't want to invite that but i check it i stalk it all the time oh you know? so i'm always looking okay did you, i'm an investigator you know not a stalker an investigator. it's the
0: lawyer in you you're yeah, gathering absolutely. info did you look me up yeah what did you find a lot of dog pictures right yeah what else i do not too much. Sure. <laughs> That's either good or bad. Yeah. This is actually the last question. To, um, this initiative by by the Ability Center, Stuart and his team, Mallory and Will and so much more, um, with all that comes underneath that umbrella, it's think differently than act. Uh-huh. Sum that up for me. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So I think I always said um, growing up, 90% of the problems I had being disabled was people's perception. Ten percent was physical inaccessibility, things like that. Ninety percent was people's perceptions. So the the discomfort, the the lowered expectations, the just not understanding that we're we're real people, just like everybody else. So changing that perception is important. Let let's do that, and then um, let's invite people to the table. So you talked a little bit about champion. So when I and you've had a longer career as well, you probably have the same experience that. progressing through your career, there have been champions of you who've said, hey, here's this person, they're really great, you should give them a shot with
0: whatever it is. Whatever. Yeah. words a production uh, of the Ability or, uh, Center, executive produced um, by Mallory please contact Being
1: that kind of champion for people is one way we can act. And thinking about, you know, once, once you think about disability then it's like oh this is inaccessible or oh we're not thinking about including these kinds of people then you can act and, you know, make things better for everyone.
0: Valerie Fatika, um, thank you so much for being a part of the episode here on 68 Words. Thank you for having me. And thanks for all the work that you do. Thanks. 68 Words has been a production of The Ability Center, hosted by media Media's Eric Chase, engineering provided by Will Mellon, and executive produced by Mallory Crooks. If you, your group, organization, or business is interested in hosting a disability awareness experience or have other inquiries, please contact info at abilitycenter.org. Until next time, think differently.